0: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, November 6, 2018. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Joined, as always, on Tuesdays by Dwayne Long. Dwayne, it's sunny and crisp here on Election Day in Ohio in the Gem City. How about uh, the capital city of Columbus?
1: Uh, Same thing. That's what we're looking at, and just ideal football weather.
0: There's your weather report. There will be no politics chatter. What we will talk about is the Buckeyes, take a look at the Nebraska game, take a look at the Michigan State game coming up, and then talk a little recruiting. Dwayne, your long view was called betwixt and between for those who didn't get a chance to read it. It was basically you were happy with the win, but there are enough issues with the team that one doesn't feel a total sense of calm after said W. What is your vibe now that you've had a few days to kind of soak in what went on? How do you put the game against Nebraska in perspective with the season in general?
1: Well, I mean, you have to look at the improvement. There was some improvement here. We uh we, the biggest thing was getting back to running the football. We were as effective as we've been all season running a football on Saturday uh against the 2 and 6 team. I don't know how much uh how much we can put into that, how much how excited we can get about that, but getting back to running the ball is is huge. It opens up everything else. You don't have guys pinning their ears back and going after Haskins. It's it's uh it's vitally important to the stretch run to be able to run the ball. I also think that, you know, we had the revelation of, of uh, Brandon White coming in the game and looking like a guy that we're like, where is what? And you're behind both uh, both uh, Pryor, who's been, you know, had his moments, both good and bad, and, and Went, who has been pretty awful. Why is this kid not playing? He was player of the game, so you had that. Uh, we still got a real problem at linebacker. These guys, their inability to just get in there, uh, be good run fits and stop the run, is just something that that makes me want to rip my hair out. And they're they're just not. They're not getting better at it. And it's you know it's it could be the thing that that you know where another loss comes in and we know Michigan's got a really good running quarterback. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something that is still needs straightened out. Looks like we may have found a solution to the safety problem if they just go ahead and play him, you know, put him in there. I would leave him where he is. He was in Fuller's spot, move forward, move the veteran out to prior spot and, uh, and shore up the defense, at least in the, in the defensive backfield what we're going to do at linebacker, I don't know. I just don't think we're that talented at linebacker. We don't have enough werewolves out there, and that's what linebackers need to be. Just not good enough there. So we don't know what we have yet. As I said, it was better. And who knows where this was, Dan, where, where it would have been if we don't turn the ball over three times. We don't do that. You turn the ball over three times, you're going to have a hard time winning any game. It's just, that's just, I don't care if you're the New England Patriots, you're going to have a hard time winning a football game. So, you know, we got to look back at that. You know, there were positives and negatives that come
0: out of that game. No question. And, you know, a lot of the chatter has been about personnel after Brendan White went in the game and played wonderful. And that's great. But the issue I have with it is, and this has probably been beaten down a little bit, but I just want to vent. It, not that Brendan White wasn't in the mix. He wasn't even discussed when, I mean, on what earth would Jason Went or Jasson Went get on the field in front of Brendan White? Don't they play in practice? Haven't they watched people cover in practice? Are our receivers not cooking Jasson Went in practice? It doesn't make any sense. Keep in mind, the two safeties that were in there by the time Fuller went down weren't starters at the beginning of the year, and the guys who were playing were clearly inferior. And also keep this in mind: when they put Went on the field originally, it was instead of Wade. It wasn't instead of White. You're talking about theoretically there Wade and you know Isaiah Pryor in front of them, and Brenda Brenda White was the fourth choice. Okay, that's a problem. When you're self scouting, it's such an issue. Just like uh, you know, once White started to play well, everyone's. But are there other players that should be on the field that aren't playing? Keandre Jones is one that came up. And the linebacker question is an issue. Look at those three linebackers. On what Ohio State team would they have started on in the last five or six years? I know Borland's gotten some starting playing time last year, but in terms of – he's not even, and he's a shell of himself, so that Borland might be able to play. As a Cowboys fan, I understand that when things go bad systematically and you have players come in and play well, it's usually coaching. And I think the defensive coaching is just way off. That's not news, but it's really disappointing. This is a major litmus test coming up for them when they go to Michigan State. Michigan State is not maybe what it had been in its vintage 11-win seasons of a, of a few years ago, but there's still a quality football team that's going to bring it, and they whacked Maryland. How much fear do you have of Michigan State? It's on the road, noon kickoff. What's your vibe on that game?
1: Well, that, that's
0: really, you know, Michigan State,
1: here's what I bothers me about Michigan State. They have given us so much trouble in recent years. They've got it in their heads that they can beat us. I think so often being Ohio State, and you know, there are a handful of teams around the country that just know they're going to win football games. And other teams know that they're going to beat them. They got to get lucky. They got to, you know, things got to go right for them. Michigan State doesn't feel that against Ohio State. Michigan State thinks they can play with us. And, uh, you know, that belief, that is not a good thing. That's really not a good thing. They're playing better uh, since the last time they lost. I mean, uh, even against Michigan, it was, you know, they didn't get blown out. I think the, the quarterback they've got in there now is clearly a secure quarterback. Throws the ball much better. It's one of the things that was hanging my hat on, I can't his name, uh, I don't know the name of the starter. Yeah, Lewerke. He's been pretty awful. And they didn't have L.J. Scott. Well, now Scott's back, and this kid throwing a ball around out there, uh, he looks pretty impressive. And their defense is is, uh, ranked high, especially versus run. So, uh, it's a concern. It's a concern. The good thing about it is, though, uh, going up there and beating them when they're playing well is going to score points for us. It's going to be a good thing for us. I think that we can. Uh, but going back to your point about, you know, not playing the right guy, I mean, we don't know. It's really a question. Are you guys making the right personnel decisions? From what we see, no. You're absolutely not making the right personnel decisions. Brendan White can get in a football game is because he's forced onto the field and he's the best player on the field. Dan, that's insane. That doesn't make any sense at all. That he is just now getting on the field and it's only because of injury and because of
0: ejection. This has happened before, actually, though. If you remember, Ryan Shazier didn't play most of his freshman year and they put him in there and he was a revelation. The linebackers look just overmatched. Guys are running away from them. Guys who should... I used to, I judge for example, this is going to sound abstract, but like Jamal Charles. When Jamal Charles, if you guys remember him, when he played against Ohio State as a freshman at Texas, he was running away from Buckeyes. So right there I knew he's a big-time pro. I don't see that from the other team, and yet we're still getting whacked on some offensive plays, so that's really troubling to me. Guys are running away from our linebackers. It's like Joe McKnight running away from us in the USC game, God rest his soul. It doesn't make any sense. On simple plays, you know, it's not like we're facing some elaborate offense. Nebraska runs, you know, the, has, has classically runs the 1979 offense. And just terms of overall talent level, running and speed, I've just never seen the linebackers be overmatched like this. I have watched, in particular, Borland,
1: who I do not believe is an Ohio State caliber football player. I'm watching him talk about running away from people. If it's not in the tackle box, it's over. Somebody's going to run away from him. And, and like you pointed out, we're not talking about guys that uh, the NFL is looking at here. No. And they're running away from him. Uh, he, he, one play that just made me want to throw stuff to the television Saturday is he's covering a tight end. Not a running back, a tight end. The guy gets away from him. He interferes with him and still gives up a catch. Tuff Borland is the best option at middle linebacker. I have a hard time believing that. And if, and if that is absolutely true, that he's the best option we have, wow, have we not recruited well at linebacker.
0: Because there should be the guys on the roster to do this. I use Keandre Jones as the example. The day People forget this. The day Keandre Jones and Dwayne Haskins flipped from Maryland to Ohio State, people thought Jones was going to get on the field first of the two. He was the real scorer it's just really troubling seeing Pete Werner lined up in the slot against the receiver it's it's like playing Madden at that point you just iso it's so it's very disappointing that's uh as far as the Michigan State game goes this is going to be a test of the offensive line's manhood Michigan State prides itself on being a hard-hitting physical team but they're fantastic at stopping the run and if you become one-dimensional against them i could see them losing you know pretty handily so The question is, can this offensive line line up and run the ball against Michigan State? And right now you'd have to say it's very suspect.
1: Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. That is a good run defense. I believe they're ranked number one in the country. I believe I've heard that. You believe correctly. And If we can't get a running attack established, it gets real dicey. It gets real dicey. And for one thing, we know nine teams now have proven that they can run the ball against us. We've got to get in there and establish a good running attack.
0: It's going to be tough. I'm not even sure they can do it. I think you're going to need to see Haskins throw the – we still don't throw the ball down the field enough for my case. They're going to need to hit a couple deep balls early to loosen up those linebackers. Otherwise, they're going to have their ears pinned. And if that happens, I'd be fearful if Haskins even makes it through the game. Okay, let's finish off with some very, very positive news. I know it's rare these days, despite the Buckeyes being 8-1, and that is the addition of Marcus Crowley to the class of 2019 recruiting. For those who don't know, Crowley comes from Trinity down in Jacksonville, the same school that produced Sean Wade and Tyreek Johnson. He is a little bit slight, but if you watch this kid on tape, you are talking about a first-class athlete, home run hitter, game breaker, previously committed to Miami, We discussed this at length before we started taping. It seems like Noah Kane from IMG and Marcus Crowley were the two backs they were most interested in at this point in the cycle, especially after we lost Samson James to in-state Indiana. Crowley absolutely jumped off the screen to me. Very big-time flip. I know you're big on Marcus Crowley.
1: love Marcus Crowley. The
0: style, I mean, this kid
1: is just, boom, one step, he's gone. Forget about it. Just line up for the kickoff. You're not going to catch him. You use the word gazelle, and that's what he looks like out there. Just long strides and just runs away from people. Got a great-looking body on him. That's one thing that really separates him from Noah Kane. He's a short short squat kid. I really, the the one big question I had about him was, what's going to happen when the weight starts coming on for proper nutrition and getting in the weight room? I really think that he could have, you know, just, outgrown running back, not a good fit for anywhere else. Crowley's got this great-looking frame, great-looking body. He's going to be able to add 20 pounds, and he's going to be just as fast as he is right now. Great instincts, great vision, and it's always great to take a player away from the U. I mean, come on, Dan. They're, they were they back in their uh, glory days. They were just such an arrogant bunch. They're so easy to dislike. And to take one away from Miami, that that just is icing on the
0: cake. No doubt. Take one away from Miami. And, again, anytime you take a player from a private school in a state like Florida that consistently produces athletes, building a little pipeline, and we think that's good, obviously. All right, little yin-yang there, people. The Buckeyes really face a big test this weekend. And to me, this is, you know, you can make this argument about every game in football, but I really feel like the season hinges on this game. I could see them going in there and putting together a great performance and having this be the springboard to a great run down the stretch, but I could also see this given the fact that their defensive line against our offensive line, this being the litmus test that proves Ohio State isn't up to snuff. We'll have to tune in and find out. We'll be back on Tuesday with Dwayne to talk about it. Have a good one, Buckeyes.